This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. My message is titled The Supernatural Power of Intercession. This is part four in our series. And uh, next weekend will be part five, and then the following part six, which will be the final part in this series. And um, the last two parts are going to be uh, amazing. In fact, it's going to get better every single time, starting now, because we're going to introduce quite a few stories now in this last half of the series as we close. And uh, these stories are like windows in a house. They let light in. You can see and understand, not only by teaching from the Word, but by example in life. So it's going to be very enlightening and helpful. Plus, as I've been saying, when all else fails, those who know how to pray will still be standing when the dust settles. If you know how to pray and, and, and get answers from God, you will make it no matter what comes your way. This is life support. This is imperative. And we're living in a dangerous world. There's a lot of problems in the international front. And South Africa is facing major, major problems right now with electricity in other areas as well, as you know. So we need God to intervene. And there are times when you can pray the prayer of faith for yourself. I'll talk about that in this message today. And then there are times when the prayer of faith will not work because it's not designed for that. We have different rules for different sports. We have different rules for different prayers. And we're talking about an session that will work in the situation that you're dealing with in South Africa right now. And without this, South Africa is doomed. But with this, South Africa will win, overcome, and be a great place to live in. So, I believe God wants us to understand this and operate in this to bring South Africa into the plan and purpose of God's blessing. And let, let South Africa be a blessing to all of Africa and the rest of the world. Let's see God put leaders in place that know how to hear from Him and will obey Him. And also, fix the problems in the economy, the crime, everything. Everything can be changed by this kind of praying. All right? The supernatural power of intercession. All right, let's begin. Listen to this statement by E.M. Bounds, who was a Methodist minister born in 1835 and died in 1913. He lived for 78 years. He said, quote, God shapes the world through prayer, through the prayers of God's saints. God carries out his great work upon the earth. The very life and prosperity of God's people on the earth depends on prayer, end of quote. Go to Isaiah 43:25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions, 
for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together, says the Lord. State your case that you may be acquitted. Wow. God invites us to come to him to defend ourselves. We inform the devil that God has already forgiven the human race through Christ. Therefore, he has no more legal right to hold the unsaved in bondage. Once Satan releases their minds, they will willingly accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Let me say that again. Once the devil lets go of the mind of the unsaved person, they will willingly accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, and that we may be delivered. Pray for us that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Now, in this scripture, Paul is requesting prayer for deliverance. In this situation, the prayer of intercession would work better than the prayer of faith. I'm going to share a little example with you to help us understand where the prayer of intercession works better than the prayer of faith. This story was taken from an old tape that I have in my library from Kenneth E. Hagen, an old tape. An old farmer who lived in New England, USA, had a daughter named Blanche. She and his son-in-law were missionaries in Africa at the time. At five o'clock one morning, the old farmer went out with two buckets to milk the cows. Halfway to the barn, he set down the buckets and returned to the kitchen of the house. He said to his wife, something's wrong with Blanche, our daughter. Her life is in danger. Let's pray. He fell on the kitchen floor and began groaning in the spirit as he prayed in other tongues. The cows needed to be milked. The chickens and pigs needed to be fed. But he prayed from 5 o'clock in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It took nine hours without stopping, groaning, crying and praying before the burden lifted. He began to laugh and sing in the spirit. His wife said, what is it? And he said, we've got it. We've got it. In due course, they received a letter 
from their daughter, Blanche, and learned that she had contracted a tropical fever. It was the kind of fever that killed its victims 100% of the time. Blanche's husband said she went down to the jaws of death and suddenly she rose up perfectly well. After comparing notes and allowing for the time difference between America and Africa, the exact time that Blanche rose up well was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when the burden of prayer lifted from her father. The prayer of faith and the prayer of intercession are different and not governed by the same rules. According to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. For all Christians everywhere. Pray for what? For all Christians everywhere. That's an instruction. Now, as I have already said in previous parts of this series, the prayer of faith does not work for every situation. This is why we have different kinds of prayer. With the prayer of faith, the believer prays once and then continues to give God thanks because they believe they have received the answer. This prayer is prayed primarily for ourselves. The prayer of faith works for you, however. When praying for others, they will need to come into agreement because their will has something to do with it. So if they don't come into agreement, it's not going to be working for them. Now, in the case of an accessory prayer, praying other tongues for people, for the unsaved, for example, agreement in prayer is not necessary because God can work with them and bring them to their senses. He can negotiate with them. He can remove the demonic spirits when you pray in tongues and bring them to their senses like the prodigal son feeding the pigs. In intercessory prayer, there is a wrestling in the spirit that can last for hours or even days until the burden of prayer has lifted and a sense of victory has been won in the spirit. For example, as we just heard, the old farmer story praying for his daughter Blanche. If the old farmer had not understood the prayer of intercession, if he had prayed the prayer of faith for his daughter, she would probably have died. If their daughter had been able to agree with them in prayer, then the prayer of faith would have worked, there would have been a different story. But this was not possible, therefore intercession was the key to her deliverance and the only prayer that would work in that situation. 
Now, when interceding for someone, always be led by the Holy Spirit. Intercessory prayer is a combination of praying in tongues and praying with the understanding at the same time. We need to be led by the Spirit rather than follow a formula for prayer. So what do I mean by that? We need to listen to the Holy Spirit all the time. We need to be led by the Spirit rather than follow a formula for prayer when it comes to praying in the Spirit and interceding for people. I'm going to give you an example of how that works. Now, this is something I've shared with you many times through the past, through the years, the story. But today I'm going to share it with a different view in mind. I'm going to speak to you about the importance of listening to the Holy Spirit in your intercession and show you how that works. Now, this goes back many years, probably 25 years, 25 years. Natalie was 15 years old at the time, our oldest daughter, possibly even my oldest daughter. And uh, her and Candace and her cousins went fishing. And uh, in Atlanta. And um, George and Robbie, the two cousins, took them. And uh, they were preparing that morning to go fishing. They looked forward to this. They'd be speaking about it for some time. And I was in, my, in the bedroom we were staying in, in their house, in, in, in possibly a sister's house, Brenda and George. And I was on my knees, my elbows on the bed, praying my normal time of prayer. And while I was praying, I got this burden in my heart to pray for Natalie. And the Spirit of God told me that Natalie was going to die if I didn't pray for her and God didn't rescue her. So I interceded for her. And then I got up from my knees and I went through the room, the living room, where they were getting ready to go fishing, preparing everything. And I looked at them and I saw they were so happy, and I felt in my heart go with them to this fishing uh, event. And uh, my head said, no, you're going to rain on their parade. Let the kids have fun. It's a safe little river behind the house. I had no idea in the natural what was going to happen. So I went back to praying. And um, I talked myself out of obeying God. And then after praying for a while, the same thing happened. So I got up the second time. Came and stood there and watched them. And my head said, it's going to be fine. Look at them. They're so happy. Everything's going to be fine. It's a beautiful day. What can go wrong? They're just around behind the house here somewhere, you know. And they go there all the time. So I talked myself out of listening to God. The Bible said, lean not to your understanding, but trust the Lord with all your heart. I should have done that. Went back to praying. The third time God spoke to me, I got up and came back to the living room and they were gone. So I said to George, please drop me off at the gym so I can do some exercise. 
And uh, I paid my fees, and there was no one else in the gym except me and the guy behind the counter was about 18 years old, and uh, it's a high counter, and he's sitting on a chair reading a book. So I decided I'm just going to work out. The music was so loud I could pray in tongues while I'm exercising because he can't even see me. He's behind the counter, and he could not hear me for sure. No one else in the gym. So I'm walking away quite far from him maybe 25 meters from him. And um, all of a sudden, I'm just having this time of fellowship, but all of a sudden this burden comes back, the one I had while kneeling down there in the bedroom. But this time it's very severe and intense. And I know right away, Natalie's going to die if I don't intercede. So I begin to pray. I said, Holy Ghost, help me pray for Natalie. Intercede for her. You know exactly what's going on here. Let's pray. And I began to pray. But it came out of me like a fire hose now. So I'm praying with gushings, fervently, uh, travailing in the spirit here for, for Natalie. And I sense in my heart the Holy Spirit tell me, now watch this very carefully, this is important. Take authority over the demon spirit that wants to kill her. So I said out loud, I stopped praying. I said, Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus to desist in your maneuvers and activities against Natalie. I bind you now. You will not hurt her in the name of Jesus. Then the Holy Spirit said to me, Say this, she will live and not die. So I said, Natalie will live and not die. And I carry on praying in the spirit. I sensed carry on praying. I carry on praying fervently. I couldn't stop myself. It was like a fire hose just coming out of me. Praying aloud, walking around, making out like I'm working out, but I'm not working out, I'm just praying. And then... Um, because George was only going to come back like in another 45 minutes to pick me up. I had no way of getting out of there, so I just carried on praying. Anyway, after praying in the Holy Ghost for a while, another five or ten minutes, I sensed in my heart exercise authority again over Satan. But this time, don't bind him, turn him, he's bound. So I said, Satan, I remind you, I have bound you, you cannot hurt Natalie. You are bound. I bound you. You cannot hurt her. And I, now he says to me, release the angels. So I said, angels of God, I release you to protect Natalie in Jesus' name. And so I'm, I confessed that out loud, and then I carried on praying in tongues. And so the Holy Spirit led me like that for about 45 minutes to an hour because this began right away when I arrived, and I had one hour to exercise. So, um, by the time I'd finished that workout, now I prayed for an hour or two in the bedroom, maybe two hours, and now another hour. By this time, I had this sense that I had the victory, the burden was lifted, and I had a peace in my heart. 
And so uh, at that point, George arrived, and I said to him, George, please take us immediately to the place where they were fishing. And he said, I've never been there. We can try and find it. The stream's behind the house. So we went behind his house. His house is built up against giant reeds, giant reeds. I mean, they're about that big around, you know, seven inches, six inches at least, which is... Um, about uh, 15 centimeters, 16, 17, 17, 17 centimeters. So anyway, um, we couldn't even put your hand in between the reeds. We walked all the way up, you know, along the edge of the street where the reeds were, and um, there was no gap anywhere, both sides, um, three, four hundred, five hundred meters both ways, couldn't get in. I thought we didn't understand how on earth they would have got to that stream. But anyway, uh, so we came back and just then Pastor Bev arrived and I told her what's going on. And the phone rang. So I picked up the phone, it was the police. They told us to come to the police station that our children were there. Went there and um, they saw the kids. Now Natalie's sitting there in George's T-shirt. Now, in those days, they wore long T-shirts down to their knees for some reason, the, the boys. Anyway, we found out what had happened was that this man, um, behind them, a voice came out, behind them where they were fishing. And this man stepped out behind the reeds. To, I'm just cutting a story short here. And he was totally naked. He had... His T-shirt wrapped around his face. His eyes are sticking out, totally naked. The kids all ran away. Natalie stood there to protect them. He came up to her. He lunged at her, turned her around, threw her on the floor, on her back, got on top of her, took her clothes off, and uh, we took her clothes off first and threw her down. And while she's on the ground, she screamed out aloud. Now, I just want to say this. Natalie wasn't on fire for Jesus. She was an ordinary, everyday teenager, but she was born again and spirit-filled. She screamed out in the name of Jesus loud, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And when she said that in his face, he kind of got this dazed look on his face. She pushed him away, and he stood there stunned, and she got up, and she ran off. There were three paths that she could have taken through the reeds. She took one of them. She didn't know which way the kids went. She ran for her life, thinking he's behind her. And after about 200 or 300 meters, she came out opening, and there was the soccer field. And... Um, the three kids were standing there. Now they said that they did not know whether they should go back in there to help her or go tell the police. They decided to go tell the police and let the police handle this. So it would have been at least an hour before the police would have arrived on that scene with the kids to show them where it was. And if Natalie had not escaped, she would have certainly been raped and most probably murdered. 
because that's what the Holy Ghost had in my heart. So anyway, um, Natalie told us the story, and the kids told us the story, what happened. But here's the thing. Because of the intercession and the Holy Ghost leading me to pray, when Natalie spoke and shouted, she would not have done that naturally. She might have tried to fight him physically, but she didn't. She uses spiritual authority instead of physical strength in that moment of time. Because Natalie did that, the Holy Ghost was, he unctioned that. He, he made it happen. She didn't realize it, but the Holy Ghost took charge of that situation. And then uh, the Spirit of God obviously dealt with his mind, this guy's mind, at the same time, and dazed him. So uh, she was able to escape. So you can see how that tremendous intercession, along with being guided by the Spirit to exercise the authority you've got in the name of Jesus, brought victory in that situation. Praise God for that. Now, the full story is in my book, How to Recognize the Voice of God. Intercession involves spiritual warfare, which brings deliverance. Matthew 12, 28. Jesus said, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his goods. In prayer, we must first bind the strong man, which is Satan, who blinds and oppresses people. That's what the Lord is telling us here in that verse. We bind Satan over the person's mind. From then on, we remind Satan that he is bound over that person's mind. Don't keep binding him because that would be unbelief. Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in higher places or in the atmosphere around us. There are five different categories of demonic spirits mentioned here, different ranks. These are demon spirits that we have to deal with and wrestle against in our physical bodies while on earth. They occupy the atmosphere around us. The Bible talks about three heavens. Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but I was taken up to the third heaven. He was taken up where God is. The second heaven is the stars, and the third heaven, the, the, the first heaven is the atmosphere around us where the demons live and Satan has his throne. In intercession, there is a wrestling with these demons going on in the spirit realm for the souls of men. Now, I'll be talking a lot more about that as we move along in our series. Two men might wrestle until the winner forces the 
opponent to give up and tap out. We wrestle against unseen demonic principalities and powers in the realm of the spirit through intercession. If a Christian wants to be successful in intercession, they need to know, number one, who they are in Christ. Number two, they need to understand the great authority Christ has given them. Please note in prayer, we are not trying to defeat the devil. He has already been defeated on the cross by Jesus. We simply take from Satan that which he has no authority to hold on to. That is so powerful, and I said that again. We simply take from Satan that which he has no authority to hold on to. He holds on to the minds of unsaved people. He has no authority to do that. Jesus purchased their salvation. The Holy Spirit helps us make intercession with groanings. Romans 8.26 The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. That's the New Living Translation. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10, we read about the different kinds of prayer in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10 says, there are different kinds of tongues. The NIV says it this way, various kinds of tongues. For example, intercession in other tongues is a deeper, far more mature Christian experience. It is more than simply building ourselves up spiritually. Praying in other tongues quenches our spiritual thirst. We understand that. Like, much like drinking water quenches our physical thirst. According to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. In Jude 1, verse 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when we pray in the Spirit, we build ourselves up. Now, laboring in prayer is intercession. That's a much higher, deeper, more mature Christian level of prayer. Galatians 4.19 talks about it. Paul, writing to the church of Galatia, says, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Paul wrote to the church at Galatia and said he labored for them in prayer. I labor for you until Christ is formed in you, until you grow mature into maturity. But in Galatians 4.9, well, the same verse in the New Living Translation says it this way. My dear children... I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. Labor and birth in Greek means filled with passion, struggling, distress, pain, wrestle, labor. 
All of that are the Greek words to describe this word we've just read, which is labor. E.W. Vine's dictionary says, quote, to labor means to feel the pains of childbirth, to travail birth pains, have the labor of childbirth, suffer greatly. The word travail might have denoted the cries of a woman at the onset of labor, end of quote. So we can see that travailing or labor in prayer is no Mickey Mouse way of praying at all. It's a very serious matter. Paul compares natural childbirth and spiritual birth, born again birth, with each other. He says natural childbirth and spiritual born again birth requires the same or similar travail, struggle, labor. Paul wrestled, labored, and struggled by intercessory prayer to bring birth to the Galatians in, into the kingdom of God. I'll say that again. Paul wrestled, labored, and struggled in intercessory prayer to birth the Galatians into the kingdom of God. Reverend Wilfred H. Reed says the following, quote, this is a spiritual activity. It is intense suffering in the inner man. It is comparable to the pangs of natural childbirth. It involves real intercession, end of quote. It involves real intercession, end of quote. So then, revival can never happen, child of God, and people can never be born again without Christians laboring in supernatural intercession. Isaiah 66 verse 8 says, Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb, says the Lord? And the answer is no. God created the womb for giving birth. And God created us and wants us to come to heaven, so we have to get born again. That's the process. No, in Isaiah 66, it speaks of the rebirth of the nation of Israel, which took place in 1948. This nation came back into existence. But it also refers to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. What's that saying? It's saying we could say that as soon as the church labors in prayers, we will see new births 
she gave birth to her children when we labored in prayer. So deliverances, healings, revival, and a great awakening in our communities and our cities and our nations depend on this kind of travailing in the spirit. And without it, we're not going to see change in the country. Now, babies don't get born by themselves in the natural. The same in the spiritual. Quote from Kenneth E. Hagin. Do you know why babies are not being born into churches today? It is because there is no travail. And when some people begin to travail and groan in prayer, others are ready to throw them out. End of quote. So if we desire to see a greater, stronger, mightier outpouring of God's presence and a greater move of the Holy Spirit in our meetings and in our nation, it can only come if we include travailing intercession. Micah 4 verse 10 says, New King James translation, be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion. Like a woman in birth pangs, there you shall be delivered. There you shall be delivered through birth pangs. There the Lord will redeem you from the hand of your enemies. Through birth pangs, you shall be delivered from demonic attacks and challenges. So this is a warfare in the spirit. That's what this is talking about. There's a struggle, a distress, a labor, a wrestling that takes place in the realm of the spirit. Jesus prayed this way in Luke 22, 43. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And being in agony, Jesus prayed more earnestly, being in agony. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Clearly, that's no ordinary kind of praying. That is serious travail in the spirit that made that happen. Jesus was travailing in intercession. Now, every Christian is called to this prayer dimension. You are called to this prayer dimension. Every believer needs to step into this realm. And if you haven't, there's a whole new world of victories waiting for you that you never even dreamed possible in your life, in every area of your life, a whole new dimension of victories. All Christians are called to a supernatural, powerful prayer life through intercession. You are called to be mighty soldiers in God's army. You are called to defeat Satan and terrorize the kingdom of darkness. 
And when you wake up in the morning, Satan needs to be terrified. And if you know how to do this, he will be. We're going to stand up and pray together in tongues for a minute or two. We're going to pray for South Africa. We're going to pray for a great harvest of souls and a great revival in South Africa. An outpouring of God's Spirit, an awakening, an awakening. So people will turn from their evil ways, turn to God. We're going to pray for the politicians, all leaders, in every area of life, the leaders, and all people in South Africa. We're going to pray for a mighty revival, move of God right now. And, of course, in our Sunday morning service, we do not have the time to continue doing this for hours, but... You can continue at home. You can join a prayer group, a fellowship group, and pray in your groups. So I'm going to encourage you directly after church, the fellowship groups and the prayer groups will all be up in the front here on the platform when we close. And uh, while we're praying, if you want to get full of the Holy Ghost, they'll lay hands on you right now. And you will speak in this perfect, beautiful language as well. It's for everybody. Now, if you want to join a prayer group, come immediately after the service to the front and talk to the folks here and find out where there's a group near your house. And there will be, I'm sure, right down the road. Join this prayer group or fellowship group and start praying with them. Make a difference. Make a difference. Understand this. If things are going to change, only God can do it. And God can't do it any other way except we pray this way. All right? So it's up to us whether we want a nation that's blessed and free, prosperous, with all the amenities we need, We want to live like we're living right now. Come, family. It's in our hands. Let's make a difference today. All right? Please stand. If you're not standing, say this with me. And you can start coming to the front if you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You can start coming right now. Say this with me. All of you are going to stay in your seats and pray. Say, dear God. Try that again. Dear God. Thank you for giving me the Holy Ghost. He makes an accession through me. And I yield to you, Spirit of God, right now to intercede through me for South Africa, for all the people living here, Christians and non-Christians, that everyone will get saved the leaders of the nation will get saved and people of godly character will be placed in authority. Those who know how to hear your voice, those who will be obedient to you and follow you. Father, I thank you now for your anointing upon me to pray, to travail, 
Let a spirit of prayer come upon me right now. In the name of Jesus, I receive. One, two, three. Let's pray out loud. Kimra Soroshiki, Ambla Masaya, Bobolunmaka, Brendisikes, Mama Labokush, Ambla Mandaya, Blekedusu, Blakamalaya, Brosorushi, Mandakalandasa, Bremboku, Paramakire, Ombu, Brasaladeshikendala, Monkudas, Blekesida, Blemomoshu, Bimbalamagaya, Emblokudusu, Praladabaya, Endala, Endi, Uk, Am, Bles, Nurush, Brukabaladidi, Amalanasananas, Leko, Loko, Brundis la Kaya, Estocobolus, la Caspaspaya, Lespespepe Kutu, Balanmantasi, Embracolabushaka, Len Calabastidis, O Molodusikidas, Mandalabas la Kaya, O Burkide, O Bursandaya, Marabaco Borunese, Me Camarabasalaiku, O Borbi Cabara, Re Cabalasaya, Brukustikisana, Boko Borbusheke, Mambaladas, Embrukuslas, Locus, Melanamaya, O Bobocuba, Zerekisho, Baba Marabaco, Maravasaya descende. Kala namasai nisi, obrush kuralas, embrokolushidis, lama mangidas, obomokulu, lama mambagaya, endosulusa masike, haba, broku, landi, mendas, mundu, lambalanga, ligesukas, pasakula blandi, endoromangaya, rakarabasuku. Eno romasalas, le nasama blamanka darabasuku, le melenides en anamaya, ambra mokurus, embro cura marabadides, no barabacana barabasukus, la barabacopura basaya. Praise God, worship, 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 praise you, God, we worship you in the name of Jesus. We love you, Father God, we worship you. Praise you, Father God. Worship Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Well, you may go back to your seats. And um, let's just take our seats and let's bow our heads. How many of you would say this morning, Apostle Theo, I don't know where I'm going when I die. I don't want to wake up in the fires of hell. Can you help me, please? I really want to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. While heads are bowed, while eyes are closed, I'm going to pray for you now. A simple little prayer. When I pray that prayer, God will give the assurance in your heart that you will go to heaven, that you are forgiven. And if that's what you want, if you want God to speak to your heart and give you that confirmation, then you need to respond to Him. Take a step toward Him. Slip your hand up before I pray. And you will be included in my prayer and God will see that hand and He will answer your request. 
when I pray. All right? So here we go. Here we go. One, two, three. Slip those hands up right now. Praise God. Praise God. All right, now somebody knows how to pray is coming to put their hand on your shoulder to let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I pray. Go ahead, leaders. I invite everybody, please, say this prayer with me, especially all of you that put your hands up. Let's pray together. Dear God, try that again. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart and save my life. Praise God. I am saved. I'm bound for heaven. God is my father. I'm God's child. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me and forgiving me. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com Thank you.